We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Sixers continue their great play with James Harden as a member of the Sixers. They're 3-0 with them. They've won four in a row and six of seven overall. And moved to 15 games over 500. Meanwhile, the Knicks have lost six straight, 10 of 11. And they continue their road trip at Phoenix Friday for game two of a seven-game swing away from the Big Apple. Okay. This is starting to feel like Groundhog Day. Just a bit. Maybe a little bit more than just a bit. Um, The Knicks lose. It feels like I have said that a lot lately because I have. I've said it 16 out of the last 19 times that they have played. Um, And I feel like I'll be saying it a lot more uh, in the next few weeks because that's kind of the way this thing is going. Um, we'll have some stuff to talk about tonight because we always have some stuff to talk about. Uh, some good stuff. Love what you see from, uh, RJ Barrett yet again tonight, uh, finished with another 30 point game. Um, really like I, I just, before I say anything else about this game, I do want to say a quick word about the fact that like, you know, there was an article that came out today earlier on ESPN.com by Tim Bontemps, who I like and respect a lot, and I think he's a really good journalist. But it annoyed a lot of people, and I think the reason it annoyed a lot of people, and I spoke about this a little bit on the on the playback that we were just on for all of our patrons, is because it just kind of groups RJ in with, like, the rest of the Knicks kids and, like, the rest of the Knicks young guys. And, like, even you see how people tweet about him and how people refer to him and how people talk about him you know, and all of these sorts of things. And it is just clear that there is a very minimal respect level for him as a guy who is a young player who is growing into an elite player. And I think tonight, first and foremost for the Knicks, as it has been for most of the last, you know, two months, um, Nick fans are seeing a guy who is growing into an elite player. And I know, you know, 23 shots, 30 points, not the most efficient night, 
Seven assists, third highest total of his career. Six rebounds, um, not bad. He made a lot of really nice passes. Hit his free throws tonight. Got to the line another eight times, or excuse me, got to the line. Yeah, another eight times. Hit seven of them. Only three turnovers. Really nice game from R.J. Barrett. Um, the second guy that I want to highlight, I, I think I'm going to go with Cam here. Um, I thought the fact that Tibbs gave him, we'll talk about Tibbs' minutes distribution, which is still very frustrating. But I thought the fact that Tibbs gave him 23 minutes here and the fact that he's earning those minutes. Um, like Cam was good tonight. Like his plus minus, I don't really, it was minus two. So like pretty good in a game you lose by 15. Um, had his moments on offense. I thought he had his moments on defense. We're starting to see the outline of a player that I think the front office thought that they were trading for. I think moving forward, 23 minutes should be the least number of minutes that he plays in a game for the Knicks the rest of this year. And I think the way he's used should be more in line with how we saw him being used in the second half of this game. Um, give the kid more and more opportunities to do stuff with the ball. Um, put him in some pick and roll situations. He had that great finish with the and one. Well, should have been an and one. He missed the free throw. But I love what we saw from Cam tonight. And then I'm going to give credit to Emmanuel quickly as well. Um, because quickly, this is now like the third game in four tries where he had, at the very least, a good, solid game. I know the scoring output wasn't as much as it was uh, in the last game against Philly or against the next, but he looked good out there, scoring-wise. Um, still leaves a bit to be desired. Actually, leaves a little bit more than a bit to be desired in terms of his adjustment to running an offense. But again, that is what these games are for. It is for Emmanuel quickly to go out there and occasionally – use up all the shot clock and not make much of, of the situation. It's not ideal, but this is learning. This is reps. This is what this portion of a season in which the team is 25 and 37 should be used for giving Emmanuel quickly the time to do those things because you're going to balance it out with some really nice moments, which Emmanuel quickly continues to give us. Um, so good stuff from quickly. Those are the three highlights that I have. You know, Mitch had a couple nice moments. Obviously, Julius scored a lot of points. He scored 24 points on 21 shots. Um, had some defensive positions that possessions that uh, left a little bit to be desired, shall we say. Uh, and I will leave it at that. Uh, I'm sure Julius will come up in the chat, so I'm not really going to talk much more about Julius because I don't want to talk about much more about Julius. What more is there to say about Julius Randle at this point in the season? I don't know. And then before we turn to the chat, and I'm sure this is going to be a big theme, as it should be, by the way, um, you look at the starting lineup. Evan Fournier, one for eight. Alec Burks, two for 11. Now, Burks at least did a couple other things that had some modicum of value. He pulled down seven rebounds. He dished four assists. Um, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, plays respectable defense uh, as opposed to Fournier, who for as much as he gives you a splash play now and then is just absolutely abysmal as a tone setter on the defensive end so often. Um, but really, like, we know that's Fournier, and we know Fournier is going to give you these nights, and he's a really frustrating player who is uh, slightly overpaid, maybe more than slightly overpaid, and perhaps they will find a home for him this offseason that is more conducive with uh, his style of play. 
really what we're talking about is Alec Burks and the fact that this is another night. Alec Burks plays more than 30 minutes. Like, you know, it's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. How much longer are we going to do this? Um, you can't say that a decision is made in the best interest of winning games when you have lost 16 of 18 games. Um, and you lose these games and you're starting to see the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And it's actually not really starting to see the same thing over and over again. It's like it's been a little bit more than starting to see the same thing over and over again. It's been the same thing over and over again for a while now, which is at some point, inevitably, the offense turns into a slog. Game slows down. Burks can't do what a point guard needs to do because he's not a point guard. And he's being put in a role that he should not be put in. And you have quickly sitting there. Thank God they're starting to give him some reps at point guard. We appreciate that. Um, and then, you know, played one minute. Deuce with pride at the end of the game. When, you know, if not now, then when, you know, um, I don't know what else we're waiting for. Um, I understand Tom Thibodeau coaches only one way coaches to win every game. And I guarantee you right now, I don't know if his calculation is that, Alec Burks gives them a 70% chance to win the game, whereas Deuce would give them a 30% chance to win the game, or if Alec Burks gives them, in his opinion, a 51% chance to win the game, and Deuce McBride would give them a 49% chance to win the game. Like, I'm just making stuff up. But the point is, he coaches to win, and if he thinks a guy gives him a better chance to win, he's going to put that player in the game. We have we have we we are done with that portion of the season. We need to move on to the next portion of the season where – some other consideration needs to be given to some other things. Um, it's not working. It's not going to work. Season is is done. Um, move on. All right? That's it. Move on. That's all there is to it. Uh, I don't have much more to say about that. All right. Let us go to um, the Super Chat, where I'm sure uh, we will have some uh, comments from folks. Danny Gardner kicks us off. Always appreciate your comments, Danny, and always obviously appreciate seeing you on the uh, halftime Zooms as well. Love to see Cam get a lot of run out there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure this was his season high in minutes. Um, so, or for, for the Knicks at least. Uh, RJ might have listened to the pod today. Some great passes. Yeah, this was his best passing game of the year, 100%. Um, the stuff to Mitch down low. Being able to manipulate the defense in that way, hit Mitch for a lob, a couple other passes. Uh, it's great stuff. That's the that's the next step. Um, more than the, you know, more than the pull up shooting, more than you know, improving finishing around the rim, uh, more than drawing fouls. The playmaking part of the game is what the next step is for RJ Barrett because if he starts to make those passes more consistently, and God forbid they put around him some shooters who can make shots, um, you know, then you have your makings of an offense uh, and a guy that could be the engine of a good offense, which, you know, one step at a time, but we're, we're getting there. Um, finishing Danny's comment, the tank is on. Hashtag fuck James Harden. I, I love me some fuck James Harden. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? 
I think this was RJ's best all-around game, man. Um, you know, I don't know that we're we defensively. I think he had some some good moments. He had some not good moments. The passing, obviously, is is what is prompting you to say that. Um, look, it was a really good game. Um, one of his ten best, one of his five best. I don't know, but. It's a, it's a big step in the right direction. Very encouraging signs from him left and right. Um, and yes, as Kevin says, he looked so comfortable passing, was solid on D. Tibbs' worst game, Ber- Berg's obsession gives me a migraine. I don't know that I'm ready to sit here and, and rank Tibbs' worst games. I will say that when Alec Berg's came back in in the fourth quarter, um, it was incredibly frustrating. Um, it was incredibly frustrating for me. And I'm the one who has defended the coach, obviously, a lot. Um, has defended Burks, the player, and, and I don't think I don't think Burks is at fault. Again, it's it's the role. It's not it's it's not the player. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Is it why they lost the game? No, it's not why they lost the game. They would have lost the game anyway. But it's frustrating. Um, Harry Donor, appreciate your contribution as always. Uh, thank you. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on, Jeremy? I just want to understand why I have to continue watching Burks to man the point. Is Tibbs trying to gaslight the fans sitting deuce for him? It kind of feels like that at this point. You know, it kind of feels like that. I mean, again, that's I said what I said because I believe it. I think he's continuing to do it because it he feels like it gives him and the team the best chance to win the game, which is a really hard argument to make when you have the worst record in the NBA over the last um, 19 games or 20 games, whatever it is at this point. Um, I would imagine if you gave Tom Thibodeau some truth serum, he would say, look, we just benched Kemba and we came out of the all-star break and played maybe two of the best three or four teams in basketball. Um, and we were in all of those games at some point for large portions of the game. So I'm going to keep going with it because I think my theory is right. And I think if we play some lesser teams, Burks will get exposed less and it'll help us win more. That's what I think he'd say. Do I think we are still in the portion of the season where that is a valid argument? That's where I differ. Because I do think that there is validity to the notion that, like, today, all things being equal, Alec Burks is, like, maybe slightly better than a rookie point guard. But here's the thing. One, that portion of the season has passed. Two, it's getting to the point where the unknown and not seeing the unknown is becoming just so incredibly frustrating when the known is, we know what the known is and the known is so middling and so frustrating and so like, eh, at best, you know? So, um, that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I, so I don't think it's gaslighting, but I, I do think it's, it's, we, we're past the point that it is, uh, a defensible decision. Uh, Joe Vogel, what's going on, Joe? Any chance Tibbs waiting up for waiting for the schedule to lighten up to ease Deuce into the lineup, 
Also, RJ looked like the Knicks' best point guard on the team tonight. He was the best point guard on the team tonight. Um, as far as the first part of the question, um, kind of like uh, putting the backup quarterback in the week after a bye. I don't know. I've said before, and I, I will maintain, I think if, if Tibbs thought Deuce was the best, gave them the best chance to win, he'd be playing him. Um, nah, I don't know. I, I think maybe if anything, it's more like once you close the book on, like once you open the door for Burks or for, for, for Deuce, like you're not closing that door, you're going to keep going to him. And if you put in Deuce and like he struggles, like you're, you're not going to like play him for three games and then take him out and then like go back to Burks. Like once you, once you turn that leaf or turn that page, that's it. You've turned the page. You can't go back. So I, my guess is that they're more waiting or Tibbs is more waiting for like, I want to be damn sure that this season has all the nails in the coffin and we're six feet under the ground. And then I'll do this, which is again, the attitude that has so, so many people so frustrated. So, yeah. Um, Jeremy Chase. What's going on, Jeremy? Burks and Fournier, a tasty three for 19. Macri, you sure we can't make it into the top four? Hashtag, th- uh, thank you very much. So, uh, live live tanking update. Let's let's do this in, in real time. Um, if I could get my phone to work here. Um, I, I think we did have some good tanking news tonight. I think we also had some not great tanking news tonight. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, let me get the... There we go. Um, I don't think they're making it to the top four. I'll say that. I don't think they're making it to the top four. I think top, I think top six is possible, maybe even top five. So the, um, the Pacers won, so that's good. The Kings lost, so that's bad. So as of right now, moment of truth, the Knicks are – Four games separate the Knicks from the Pacers. And three games separate the Knicks from the Kings. I don't know. Maybe five. Maybe five. Five's in play. I think five's in play. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky back for more. I'm nuts, but I still believe in this team long term. Starting to really like what I see from Cam. I can't wait to see him, RJ, Grimes, and Deuce together. Um... Yeah, I, I like what I see long term. I think they have good young players, and I think RJ is a star in the making. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's a crazy take at all. Um, Stevens Guillaume, what's going on, Stevens? RJ is a star. That is all hashtag tank for Ivy. Yeah, they're tanking, baby. They're tanking. Um, yeah, we'll have a lot more Jade and Ivy. If the Knicks continue to lose, we'll we'll get really deep into this draft on on the pod and newsletter and the whole thing. Uh, Matt down under, what's going on, Matt? Just like Ben said on the pod yesterday, we need the RJ Cam IQ OB Sims lineup for the rest of the season. They showed great signs tonight. I thought, yeah. Um, the key for me is RJ and Cam. I want to see those two guys together. And you want to throw quickly in there? That's fine. I like Sims. I'm happy to have – I love Sims. Sims is great. Sims is a lot of fun to watch. Um, 
the Obi part of it is a little frustrating right now because Obi is not a terribly helpful NBA player. And without a guy like Derrick Rose, Obi's minutes are going to continue to be just not great. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying like bench Obi. That's not what I'm saying. But like in terms of like lineups that I'm personally excited to see, I think it's like Cam at the four, RJ at the three, and then once Grimes comes back, give me some Grimes and then quickly. Or Deuce. Or Deuce quickly, RJ, Cam. Like some combination of those five guys I think is what's really exciting to me. Um, and I want to see how they do. And I bet you we see a lot of it moving down the stretch. Um, Danny Gardner with another one. Thanks again, Danny. Is it at all possible that having to truly earn these minutes is the best thing that could have happened to Cam? Well, that would be praising Thibodeau, uh, which we're, I don't think we're allowed to do anymore. But, like, yeah, like, in theory, coming to a situation like this and playing for a coach like this, maybe it was the best thing for Cam. Maybe it was the best thing for Cam to get traded to a team by a, and have a front office who clearly wanted you, gave up a first-round pick to get you, and then come and have a coach look at you and be like, fuck you, kid, you're not going to help me win right now based on how you look. You're going to sit on the bench. I don't know. I think it's a little bit too early to make that call. Let's see what happens in the intervening weeks. But like, that's what the so that's what the frustrating part about Tibbs is. It's like the accountability stuff is still such a positive for this team. I I will always believe that. But when it's balanced out by the the um, what's the right word? the absurd endpoint of accountability, which is like, again, the whole thing I just said about Burks, which is like you play every, you make every single decision based on purely like in my head, this is what makes it more likely to win. Um, and when they're not winning, it's like, it's the gift and the curse of tips as many have said of late. Um, and I, I, I think that's a real, I think that's a real thing, but do I think it was good for Cam? Yeah, I think it was probably it was probably good for Cam. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, JJ Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hush, Sue. What's going on, Hush? Tim's got to give Cam some action. Him sticking in the corner just doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, said that on the pod today. Completely agree. RJ is a god, and his chemistry with Cam really shines. I think, like again, talent-wise, you could argue that they are the two most talented players on the team. They should be playing together. Can't stand Randall's ISO's leading cause to why we lose Burks is bad. Um, look, Randall made some nice shots tonight. Good for him. Um, I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm just done with him. That's it. That's all. Um, nothing more to say. Uh, Robert Boy, what's going on, Robert? Good to hear from you. Do we need to kidnap Burks to stop Tibbs running running a point guard for us in the season? You probably do. No, I, I look. We're we're at um we're at the twenty game mark. You know, I mm, when are we going to see it? I don't know. I think it depends on how the next week or two go. I think it could be as soon as 13, 14 games remaining where it finally, he puts the kibosh on it and we see deuce. That's probably the earliest. I would probably, I would, if you're asking me when's like the over under that we see like Burks put in mothballs and like deuce given real time, I'd probably put the over under right now on like 10 and a half games left in the season, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's sooner than that. Uh, Chad Cohen, what's going on, Chad? Like you said about RJ changing his mindset, you could see he no longer bothers to deal with Julius when he wants to take his guy. Now he just does it. I love it. There's no more deferring in RJ. And I don't mean to say that as a negative. I mean to say it as like, he's still making the right play, but as far as like RJ waiting his turn, that's done. That's been done for a while. Like, the usage rate, uh, we looked it up live on the playback. Um, RJ points per 36 minutes on the season is now higher than Julius Randle. So that's great. You love to see that. Um, continuing along, as the uh, Super Chat does what it usually does for me. Um, okay. Bad eyesight. What's going on? Uh, bad. When Evan and Alec don't have it, you're you can see it from the first quarter. Um, I think that's probably truer of Fournier. Burks to me has often been a second half player, but like that's fair. Um, I would like to see more of Julius RJ two man game instead of late Al- late Alex late in games. Here's the problem, and again, shout out to playback. We talked about this for a while. I don't feel like now three years nearly into Julius and RJ together, I don't feel like those guys 
have developed any semblance of like real on-court chemistry. Like it's just still a my turn, your turn. Like they don't do high pick and roll together. And like I have to think if they wanted to engage in high in pick and rolls together, like they would do it. But I think those guys are both comfortable like not being involved in in plays together. And the fact that Julius does so little off ball and doesn't want to be the role man. Like it is if nothing is clear by now, it is that Julius Randle has no interest in being a traditional role man for this team um, and probably ever, which is a shame because he, I think he could be really good at it, but he just doesn't want to do it. So I don't think we're ever going to get that. I'm much more excited about uh, Julius Randle wearing a different uniform next season. Anthony Sixto, what's going on, Anthony? I know Rose being out is huge for Obi, but he really seems to be regressing as the season goes on. I think so much of it is Rose. Um, is it too much to look for a little more out of him? Um, no, no, the, the problem with Obi is like, so unless you're going to play him at the five, which is that's on, that's on the, that's on Tibbs and the team. And like, that's a decision that's not on Obi. I also think it's defensible to not play him at the five. Cause I don't think there's a world where he's ever going to play five on a, like a really good team. Again, shout out to the pod with Benji. We talked about this a little bit. Like, it's on Obi in the sense that, like, if you're going to be something other than a five in the game today, you, one, have to be able to shoot, and you can't shoot. And if you can't shoot, you have to be able to, like, manufacture some stuff inside the arc. And he does that occasionally. And the moments when he does it, it could look really good. It could also be times where it's like, it looks good, but the shot doesn't go in. It's like, so no, I don't think it's unreasonable to sit here and be like, hey, Obi, be a little bit better. That's not unreasonable at all. But I also do think so much of it has to do with the fact that like more than probably any player in the league, Obi needs a guy to help him when he's out there. So it's a little bit of column A on Obi, a little bit of column B, Rose not being there, and a little bit of column C. It's on Tibbs and how they're using them. Um, this from uh, Mark Berman. Thibodeau was asked about the current point guard situation after the game, and he said, that's the best we have. It's, it's, it's what I just said. Tibbs thinks this is the best choice. That's all there is to it. That's all there is. Not more complicated. Um. Michael Miranda, what's going on, Michael? Need to send Burks off to the Kemba Reserve. It's like, uh, you know, when you had to put the dog down, the family dog down, and you told, uh, you used to tell the kids, oh, yeah, we took him to the farm. We took him to the farm upstate. Kemba got taken to the farm upstate. He's not coming back. Will Burks be taken there as well? We'll see. Um, I-95 Bully. That's an interesting name. Um, why first three possessions, RJ ran point? Um, exactly what you guys said on the pod. The last four minutes of the first went through Randall. The offense looked drastically different. I know we aren't going to win, but seeing things shake my head. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, here's the thing I'll say. You can't run your offense exclusively through RJ because there's no player in the league that you could run your offense exclusively through. 
Like guys just don't have that kind of stamina. It needs to be a balance. You know, that said, are there still too many portions of the game where RJ just does not get any looks? Yeah. And that's really frustrating. Um, It was frustrating tonight in the third quarter. A few people pointed out, I think he took two shots or one shot and uh, got fouled towards the end there and, and got a couple free throws out of it. But um, yeah, for as much more, like again, I, I think I said it um, on a, a recent pod, his usage rate over the last 22 games is like, it's like a 30 usage rate. It's really high. That's great. It could be even higher, you know? Um, Hannibal Miles, what's going on, Hannibal? The desire for the tank is understandable, but a coach that heavily favors vets, even if we get a top five draft pick, will it really change things if Tibbs is still the coach? I, I will say this, and this is not from any personal knowledge that I have. This is just my assumption. If they get, and I think you have to be a little more specific, I think you have to go top four pick. And maybe even top three pick because Paolo is like kind of, a, I don't know. But like if they get, you know, Smith or they get uh, Bench or, um, excuse me, Holmgren or they get Ivy, like that person is coming in here and that person is playing 20 to 25, if not more minutes per night. That's happening. That the front office will make sure that happens, and if Tibbs is not on board with that, then Tibbs will not be here. He may not be here anyway, but it like if they get a guy like a real guy who they believe in as an organization, if they get like AJ Griffin, you know, or you know some some one of these like lesser guys, like I don't think that's as much of a guarantee. Um, Hush Zoo, what's going on, Hush? If he's not going to play Deuce, at least try point RJ, which, again, we saw for a decent amount, and slide in Cam or IQ. Tibbs' obsession with uh, Burks is so odd. It's so much evidence he's a bad starter. Yeah, he is a bad starter in this role. Um, at least at this point in the season. Like, I think he showed you a little bit more earlier. It's not good right now. It's not good. It's not acceptable. It's not justifiable. It's not defensible. It's just, it's just, it's just not, it's just not good. Um, thank you for the comment. Uh, James, what's going on? My main man, James Stanzioni. How you doing? Draft Ivy. Ivy becomes a stud. Trade Ivy Fournier and three picks for Mitchell after they get swept in the playoffs in 2023. John, you're the greatest person ever. <laughs> That's a great comment. I'm not the greatest person ever, but thank you. Um, I, look, there's a lot there. I, let's go to let's start with draft Ivy because it means we'll be in position to draft Ivy, and then we'll go from there. I'd be really happy if they got their hands on on Jaden Ivy. Um, and then as far as Donovan Mitchell, you know, we'll see. Oh, this is the whole um, this is the whole comment from Tibbs, courtesy of, of Fred Katz. Um regarding the point guard thing. That's the best we have. So that's what we're doing. And they're capable. I'm more concerned about our defense than our offense. We score plenty of points. Um, 
You know, that's an interesting comment. Um, they do score enough points to win the game. Uh, the interesting thing is, like, Burks is out there for his defense, theoretically, right? Which is which is which is why he's playing. Again, in theory, the defensive issues have to do with Evan Fournier and Julius Randle, first and foremost, and like some other guys here and there, but mostly those two guys. Uh, it's a lot; those two guys. So. I, but that gets us back to like square one where we were for much of the season, which is like, where's the accountability on those guys? And I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know. It's all, it's all just gone to hell. Uh, true story. Jay says, give RJ the keys. Couldn't agree more. Um, and James Sanzioni will more trade IQ OB two for Mitchell. Bring back Frank. <laughs> everybody, you want to ship everybody out of town? Come on. Uh, I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to trade quickly. I'm not. I'm not getting off this hill. I'm still a quickly stand. I always will be. Um, he's my new Frank, uh, except he could actually score. Uh, Robert Cross, first time, long time, John. How you doing, Robert? Good to see you. In retrospect, 53 wins may have been a bit aspirational. <laughs> Is 53 losses still in play? Hold on. What do they have to do to go 50 to lose 53 games? Uh, that would be 29 and 53. So they'd have to go four and 16. Oh, this team could go four and 16. Yeah, that's on the table. Um, anyway, uh, rank blame between the front office, Tibbs and the players. I mean, I I said it on the pod. I'm not going to divert from what I said. I think it's a third, a third, a third. Um, and I think you could argue that any of the above are as high as 50%, uh, including Tibbs. I don't think that you could say where I draw the line is like people who are like Tibbs, Tibbs deserve all of the blame for the season or like the front office deserves all of the blame for the season. Um, you know, I, I really do think it's a third, a third, and a third. Tibbs has not coached a good season. Most of the players have not had good seasons. Um, and the front office fucked with a good good thing, and they fucked with it in the wrong way. And the Kemba thing was a disaster. It, we all loved it at the time, but what we felt at the time should not that's, – that's, that should not be a get-out-of-jail-free card for the front office. Um, they're supposed to know better. They're the ones who get paid to do this. And they should have known that the risk, again, as Jeremy said on the pod, or, or as Jeremy wrote, I should say, this for the Strickland recently, what was supposed to be a low-risk move turned into a high-risk move. And he's exactly right. And wasn't worth it. There was a better option out there. And I don't know what that option was. Maybe it was via trade. But, you know, that was a problem. Uh, Lunas, hold on, Lunas. I'm going to get your comment back here. Um, my Knicks PTSD almost, almost makes me feel that RJ's run is too good to be true and no exaggeration. I'd give my first child for Ivy. (laughs) I wouldn't give my first child for RJ for, for Ivy. 
Um, I'm assuming you don't have kids yet. If you had kids, that would be pretty fucked up. Um, Ben, MIA for a bit, but hope you're doing well. I am doing well. Good to hear from you. Thank you for chiming in. Um, this RJ thing is not too good to be true. This is, he's got the work ethic. He's got the mindset. He's got the, the chutzpah. Uh, he has everything you want, you know, and it's not, again, it's not like what we're seeing is. We're, what we're seeing from RJ this this year, and especially the last couple of months, this is not what we saw from Randall last year, where it's like, holy shit, all of a sudden this guy's hitting every shot. That's not this. Like, RJ actually has not shot great this year. He shot worse from three than he did last year, although not that much worse on spot-ups. And, um, you know, he's been a little bit better inside the arc. But, like, this is, this is just growth. This is just growth from a, a, a player who – knows he's good and has the skill to back it up now. So don't worry about that. Um, Jeremy, is there a world, uh, Jeremy asks, is there a world in which the front office can trade Burks, Fournier, and Randall, get Brunson, and a stretch five, and Tibbs is the coach of this team, and we're happy? Um, It's like, I feel like I, I need the, uh, the Doctor Strange uh, meme or whatever it is, 14 million possible outcomes. How many do we win? Um, you're asking for a lot of, it's hard to trade, do some quick accounting. Uh, it's hard to trade over $50 million in salary in one off season and bring in two significant players. Um, the tips thing, like it, I think with a better team and a team that doesn't leave people like wondering like, Hey, put this guy in because this other guy sucks. Like I think Tibbs, t- t- people could be happy with tips. I'm not worried about that part. If he's here, I don't know if he's going to be here. The other part of it, like to trade Fournier and Randall in the same off season and get Brunson, Man, um, I don't know. That's a lot. Can we trade Randall to Dallas? Because like you could trade, you could trade Burks and Randall to Dallas for Brunson in a sign and trade, and I, I'm pretty sure that would. Uh, oh wait, no, that wouldn't. No, never mind. It would have to be. Sorry, it would have to be Brunson and someone for Randall, and I'm not sure if they have a salary that makes that work. Um, and then you have to find a home for Fournier. And, like, who's the stretch five? Like, is it is it Mobamba? You know, are you trying to get Miles Turner? It's just, I don't know. Good question, though. Uh, Kareem Asor asks, which would you rather, a Knicks championships or one million, a Knicks championship or $1 million? Um, uh, that's, a, that's a tough question. I don't ever know how to answer these because, like, if I'm picking the Knicks championship, then they got the championship because I picked it over a million dollars. They didn't earn that championship. But I will give you an honest answer, and the honest answer is I'd rather have a million bucks because uh, we rent our apartment right now, and if I was able to purchase an apartment for my wife, 
she would be the happiest person on the face of the earth, which meant that, which means that I would be the happiest person on the face of the earth. So, um, Andrew's texting me. He's like, it's not a tough decision. Take, take the money. It is a tough decision. It's a tough decision, but I would take the money and I'd buy an apartment for my wife and make her very happy. Um, hush zoo RJ final average prediction. Does he pass Randall in points per game? Uh, yes. I said earlier, he already passed Randall in points per game per 36 or excuse me, points for 36 minutes. Um, where does he end up? Um, I think he gets to, does he get to over 20? Yeah, I think he gets over 20. Because I think they're going to shut down Randall at some point. I think he gets over 20. So, yeah, barely. But I think he gets over 20. Um, Hannibal Miles. Tibbs also said Alfred Payton was the best we had. Yeah, he did. The crazy thing, though, was it did work. It did work. <laughs> Andrew just texted again. I will buy you a ticket to every Knicks game with the money. I don't like. When they're good, I'll want to go to games again. I don't want to go to games right now. They suck. Um, okay. Uh, we got a couple more in the Super Chat, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, Kevin Danishevsky with one more. Thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate all your generosity. I really do. The Tibbs quote is nuts because, again, you begged for McBride to be here. Just like you say, if you don't like Tibbs, why do you hire him? If you don't like McBride, why clamor for him? It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, again, I, I hate to sound like a broken record. And again, it's not justifying the decision. I'm just, I'm giving you what I think is the rationale. And what I think is the rationale is he likes McBride a, light, a lot long-term. He does not feel that he's ready yet. Which, again, seems, with every passing game, it just becomes more and more of a frustrating rationale. Um, Sean, what's going on, Sean? Sean Hardy. Nothing like watching the third quarter of Doom, trademark, live and in living color. I was there tonight. Oh, poor you. I'm sorry. Uh, fast forward to the lottery, please. Hey, at least you get to see a 30 spot from RJ, so that's good. Um, all right. That's it. Um, oh, we got one more question from Kareem. I'm going to answer this. When do you guys think we actually win a chip? In the next 20 years, question mark? Uh, man, if they don't win a fucking championship before I'm on the eve of my 60th birthday, just fuck my life. Uh, I'll say they win. A championship in the next 20 years. My bold prediction. Oh, we got one more. Um, Elias. What's going on, Elias? Are we K? Um, how would you feel if Mitch ended up leaving in a Brunson deal and we bring in Bamba? Just food for thought. Love today's pod. Uh, glad you like the pod. I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. I actually have a little snippet in the newsletter tomorrow about a double sign and trade because I, I wrote a little bit today in the newsletter about the possibility of why a double sign and trade straight up for Mitch and Brunson wouldn't work. But if you, somebody, uh, I think Sean asked about it in a comment to the newsletter, 
about if you break it into two trades. And I think that that's legal in the NBA. I'm pretty sure it's legal. If it's not legal, then I'm sure somebody will let me know about it tomorrow. Um, but I, if you break it up into two trades, there's a way for us to sign a trade, Mitch to Dallas, and for Dallas to sign a trade, Brunson to us. It gets a little funky with the salaries, but like, yeah, you could do it. And you could, there's a way to make it work. Um, and then if you bring in Bamba, you know, um, Orlando has restricted rights. Um, so that gets a little dicey, but like, yeah, I would kill, I would love for Brunson and Bamba to be on this team um, next year. So that'd be fun. Um, what about a Knicks three peat or a million dollars? I, again, I don't know how to answer these questions because it's like, they're not really earning it. Uh, but if in theory they like really earned it, this is really tough. A three peat, man, I'd be the happiest man alive. If the Knicks won. If the Knicks won three championships in a row, I would be the happiest person on earth for three straight years. And then I'd be able to die happy in a rented apartment with a slightly less than happy wife. Um, yeah, I'll go with the million bucks. All right. Um, oh, we got one more super chat. Uh, Brian Lest, um, J-Mac, I'd love to say they'll shut Rose down, but we all know Tibbs is in the trainer's room as we speak, icing his ankle. Have a good night, man. Yeah, we'll see. I'll bet you, I'll bet you a beer. Uh, that they shut Rose down, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. On that note, um, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not reading that, Andrew. Um, on that note, this is, this is a fun one. Um, I have a feeling a lot of these are going to be, at the very least, entertaining over the rest of the season. Uh, 20 games left, ladies and gentlemen. 20 games, that's all. Uh, and then uh, – Another offseason of who knows what. All right. I'll see you all in a couple days. In the meantime, take care. And uh, thanks, everybody. Peace out.